Hey guys, welcome back to your mom's favorite place to be. We're your hosts, Edward, Anthony, and Noah. And we are in the fourth season of The Hooligan Hangout, your one-stop shop for entertainment news and movie reviews. That being said, it's time to hang 10 with your top entertainment news of the week. All right, so this week, uh, Warner Brothers came out and announced a ton of their future plans for the DCEU, so a good chunk of this news is going to be... Like, half of it's probably going to be about DC. And uh, due to the holidays, you know, New Year's and whatnot, there was not much news at all. So I'm pretty glad that Warner Brothers came out and said other stuff to bring in news. All right, first off, um, to fit the theme of this episode, Wonder Woman 3 has been announced with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins set to return. And it's going to officially be the first DCEU trilogy to be completed. And early reports are also suggesting that it will be set in the present day. Interesting. How are we feeling about that? I think it'll be good. I'm curious. Feel good about it. I'm excited. I hope they mean present day, like after Batman Justice League. Justice League. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope it's not before. I just because technically that movie showed she came out of hiding. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't really make sense. Actually, I guess if she had been in hiding since then or something. Yeah. And and I don't care what anyone says. I still have faith on these two. Okay. Anyways, um, so apparently, starting in 2022, there's gonna be four high budget DC movies, which will be released in theaters, and then they're gonna have two low budget DC films be on HBO Max every single year. Which Dang. it's rumor has it Six HBO DC Max is gonna. A year? That's pretty. That's a lot. That's awesome, bro. We're spoiled. What the heck? <laughs> no, the. Mm, all I know is the two low budget films will be every year. I don't know about the four high budget. Oh well, either way, even next year if we get six DC movies, that's like that's fantastic. That's insane. <laughs> and um, apparently HBO Max is going to start with Static Shock and Batgirl, and there's rumors confirming that Batgirl is set in the DCEU. Oh, that's dope. It's really dope. I'm actually I still want my Blue Beetle that. movie. I don't care right? if it's low budget or high budget. Anything about it. But um, I'm assuming the four high budget will be The Flash, The Batman, Aquaman 2, and Black Adam? Or Shazam 2, actually. Those four to five is what I'm guessing. Next up, Titan Season 3 will be released in... I'm sorry? I was excited for that lineup. I'm sorry? I'm sorry? Titan season mm-hmm. three will be released in July 2021. Just just a few months, ah, dude. I missed I it this year. Those. I was wondering why. I it took a while. Forgotten about it. It's because it's been a while, right? It's like the Mandalorian, where the first two seasons came out back to back years, and then and just took a pause for a year. Big big break. Yeah, understand. Felt bad. <laughs> Didn't realize how much <laughs> I missed it until you just said it, and I was like, oh man. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'll, it'll be on HBO Max, too. So, okay, uh, multiple reports have suggested that um, tensions are rising between Robert Pattinson and director Matt Reeves on the set of The Batman. Uh, reason being is because Pattinson says he's become exhausted because Matt Reeves is very overbearing, and he films, like, more than 50 takes of a scene while Pattinson's stuck wearing the bulky Batman costume through it all. And, and he says it's extremely hard how much they have to do in it. That's he crazy. Also, I couldn't also, do it. 
Yeah. The um, they also said Matt Reeves is pretty much a perfectionist when it comes to his movies, so it's like no surprise. But <laughs> imagine doing that over and over in a big old Batman. Not suit. surprised. I could but not I've, do it. I feel bad for the man's now. <laughs> oh my god, he's yeah, definitely. And- Definitely and he wasn't be a like while complaining. See a second one, I guess. Pattinson wasn't like complaining about it either. He was just saying like it's incredibly hard. He's just like, man, it's kind of, it's kind of poopy. Kinda not gonna lie. <laughs> I thought being <laughs> Batman was gonna be cool. I, oh, that, be Batman! It was fun. They said you don't have to be a vampire <laughs> this time. They said. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I actually like that. Hearing this because that means. Like, he's trying to make this film, like, absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. I love that. It makes me excited for it. I do kind of feel bad for the man, so. Because you know those suits are not comfortable to wear at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably super hot, too. And and to be honest, I feel like this, like, iteration of Batman, the suit, the suit just looks a lot bulkier than the past ones. Yeah, it looks more like, it looks heavier. like he needs armor and not just, like, a leather coating for him you know yeah right. i like that thing. i do like it right. It reminds me of like a mix of like the arkham knight and uh uh gotham by gaslight almost pristine Ar- young batman arkham knight is the best batman out there arkham i agree okay there is a rumor this week uh jared leto is supposedly wanting to explore the death of robin which i'm assuming would be jason todd and his r-rated joker project which he's still going forward with Ooh, i hope it's a killing joke if that's the case that actually be pretty sick with commissioner gordon and whatnot no actually no i don't know if it would be because that would mean he dies the Joker doesn't die in the killing joke, does he? Yeah, at the end. Oh, he definitely does. Eh. I wouldn't know. And well, it, I to... mean, do they really plan on doing something with Jared Leto's Joker anyways? They do. There's been reports that he's going to be in the DCEU a long time. <laughs> but why? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I still don't think he got a fair shot. True. I, I just... I... He looked cringy. I'm not gonna lie. He looked cringy, but we'll see. He gets one more shot, one more film from me before I judge. All right, so Sony is they're fixing to make seven shows and three movies based on PlayStation games, which I assume one of the movies is Uncharted and one of the shows is The Last of Us because those were already confirmed. So I assume those are including those, but that's a lot of. Well, seeing as how some of the other video game adaptations have been going um i'm not so excited anymore <laughs> you see i have full faith in the last of a show but i don't know about the uncharted movie i've been skeptical skeptical about that for a long time a last of a show could be good I no think. it really could and, and uh the writers behind the last of us are helping it so was it gonna follow uh the main characters of the game or was it gonna be just a separate in-universe uh, i believe people? it's following the main characters I believe it's the main characters because there's been a lot of rumored castings about the show. Okay. Well, if it's the main characters, then that makes me a little bit more skeptical. I've never played the games, but usually whenever video game movies follow main, the main characters of the actual games itself, uh, yeah. they're usually less creative or less original, and it feels more of just a remake of the game. So, Not just um, that. I feel like it's a lot easier to judge, too, from the people that play the game. 
when like if their character's not done right. Yeah, exactly. So I I figured like a game like like that where it has a huge like a huge world that they could expand on. I felt like it would have made more sense to 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 follow different people and maybe have them mix with like the characters from the game eventually, yeah. but not right off the bat. Yeah, I don't. That's just me. I I mean it, I, I have no cool doubt take. that it could that it could be done well, but it's just a little bit more difficult to to execute that way. Oh, I know. Video game adaptations are pretty notorious. Or movie adaptations of video games are pretty notorious for being shit. <laughs> that being said, stick around next week for Monster Hunter review. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to get a lot from us. Um, I don't know. What other movies or shows could there be, Sony? I could see maybe like a Ratchet and Clank show. Maybe like a cartoon. Yeah, that would be pretty done, cool cartoon. done a movie. That would make sense for it to be a cartoon, honestly. It would be pretty yeah. profitable, too. Crash would help Bandicoot, their games. maybe? Eh, I don't know. Because um, Crash doesn't really talk. He just kind of spurts <laughs> yeah. out like the Tasmanian Spins. devil. <laughs> Dexter. I don't know. I honestly do not know. That was... Those were my favorite You know games. what? I would actually love to see what? a God of War movie. That would you be see, cool. I was thinking about that, but I don't know if that would actually happen. I don't know if it would happen, but I would love to see it. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to see more awesome. Greek mythology movies. And I feel like that's just like a super cool original take on it that, that I feel like even if it was a shot for shot remake of the game, I'd, it's cool enough to where I don't think anyone would be mad at it. <laughs> I would just be curious where they would set it, the timeline. Because there's so many. God I would want to see like a. Like a young Kratos, like before the child. He was insane. <laughs> like where he's just running around willy-nilly, just doing whatever the hell he felt like. No, he was insane, dude. He killed the god of war. He killed gods. Yeah, I've seen the story of it. I just haven't played the games. Yeah. It's one up, of those uh, things where, like, uh, I don't... I don't like to play single-player games because I don't like to spend $80 on something that I'll play through once because I don't like playing through stories more than once. But I'll just watch play. You know what I mean. I just exaggerated. (laughs) But uh, I would rather just like watch someone just do gameplay of it on YouTube and get the story that way. It's the same effect. Yeah. Okay, so Tessa Taylor... Tessa Taylor... Tessa Thompson has officially confirmed that uh, Michael B. Jordan is, he will direct Creed 3. Like, officially. Like, those rumors, That's but good. he's officially going to direct it. I'm excited That's for it. I love the Creed franchise. I think it's one of the better, like, spinoffs of old franchises that we've seen recently. I'm just very curious because it's his first, it's like his directorial debut. So I'm just very curious. Maybe uh, he helped direct uh, Black Panther 2. Or not like Black Panther 2, but Black Panther as well. He's only produced movies. He's never directed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think he'll do good at it, though. I mean, Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah, I hope it's not a bad movie, because then people would blame him. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess I... I mean, the writers could obviously write a shit movie, but I guess I, I hope that he doesn't make like stupid decisions. Right. I don't think so. I, I know he's like been super involved in the other movies, like in the production of the, the other Creed movies too. So I would imagine he knows more or less. Yeah. 
what he's going for, you know? Yeah, we shall find out. Okay, so basically, um, that Resident Evil live action movie with Hannah John Kamen, Robbie Amell, and Tom Hopper, um, it's officially wrapped filming, which I don't know about y'all, but I feel like I just reported this months ago and they're already done filming. I feel like it's been a while. Wait, when did they start filming? I thought it, yeah, I thought it's been a while too. To me, it didn't feel like it's been that long. I think it's been a while. I think it's been about. I think it's almost been a year. Nah, bro. Filming usually... began October seventeenth. Nah. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, see, what that's heck? what I thought. It didn't well, feel very long. Yeah. Three months of filming usually is okay because, I mean, you don't know how much pre-production work they put into it. You know, you never know. Like a lot of times if if they're super prepared and know exactly what they want, then they can go through and get it done pretty quick. Especially if there's less or more, let's say if there's more CGI shots, uh, it wraps up filming a lot faster because a lot of it's going to be done in post anyways. Yeah, but it, I think it's a good or a bad thing. Usually movies that wrap up filming fast because they have a lot of CGI work that need to be done is usually not a good sign. Yeah, that's what but, I mean. Uh, yeah. But we'll but see. it could be good, possibly. Well, Resident Evil zombies, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, CGI zombies. That's so whack when you can just... That's a, one of those things where it's easy to do practical. Well, there is different... Like, there's zombies, and then there's different types of monsters. Like, big old monsters. Oh, yeah, but... I don't know. I just hope... I hope the CGI is good, I guess. Because <laughs> three months of filming does not sound right to me. All right, so, um... Did y'all ever see Ready Player One? Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. I do, too. So, anyways, Ready Player Two is officially in early development. And I'm more worried about this movie than the first because apparently the the novel like was very poorly rated the ready player two novel really yeah because ready player one well, was apparently... like highly rated ready player two was like very very low rated well i i had, was talking to one of my coworkers the other day who had read the ready player one book and he said the movie was like completely different from from what the actual book was yeah so it I would imagine if they that they might do the same thing where they just kind of like say screw the source material and just keep going with whatever they had going on before, anyways. So it, there's there's hope, but uh, you never know. Well, okay, so apparent because I know that after Ready Player One, they like immediately said that we're already gonna we're focusing on a sequel, but they didn't say it was in early development until like the novel came out. So I don't know if they were waiting on the novel or like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Or if they already had an idea and they're just seeing, they're just seeing what the author had in mind or how did well, usually one even come... end? I forgot. Well, usually did... whenever studios come out right after a first movie comes out and say, there's a sequel that usually means they, while they were making the first one, they had already started pre-planning for a second one. So yeah. I would imagine that's what they did. And they already had plans to do a second one. So it wasn't like big, big, yeah, what, Anthony? How did Ready Player One end? I totally forgot. With him um, uh, finding he was that on guy. the run from the he was on the run from the Gestapo. 
That's it. Well, that's not how it ended. He 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 found that one guy that um like his inspiration, mm-hmm. and then he be he became the uh he got something and he became like the quote unquote leader. He found the guy from a. He found the guy that fa- that. He found the guy that found the VR world or whatever. Oh yeah. Was... Okay, I remember now. And then he like inherited it. I'm gonna start a petition to have the guy from Spy Kids be the the main villain of Ready Player Two. No, please. No, you better get George Lopez from Sharkboy and Lava Girl. It's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> the man. I love that. Okay, movie. I do have a new release date for y'all. Um, last piece of news for this week. So Disney's Cruella, which is based on 101 Dalmatians villain Cruella Deville, is now going to release May 28th, 2021, official release date. So it's such a weird villain to do something off of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that what they're going to do with that. I don't. Yeah, that sounds kind of boring to be honest. It's just going to be her smoking cancer sticks the entire time. Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of hope it's a young version of her. I like. I'd rather see that than what we've already seen. Is she, she's not even like necessarily a villain. She's just a mean girl. Mean woman. <laughs> yeah. She's not really. What if we start off and watch her descent to madness? What if they do like a Joker ripoff and like she starts off like super happy and then you just watch her just go easy? Well, that's what I mean. Like it'd be a lot more interesting if you started her young, like kind of like an origin thing. Maybe she had a Dalmatian as a kid and someone took it away or it died or something. She oh. had a Dalmatian as a kid, and her dad skinned it and made a jacket, so now she wanted to do the same to the other dogs. That's <laughs> <Damn. laughs> revenge. Oh, my gosh. Actually, Peter, you know don't what? sue us, please. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is an origin story, because I forgot Emma Stone's playing her. Oh, really? Oh. That's then, yeah, weird. That would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. It's no interesting. You. All right, so that is your hang 10 for the week, and let's get right into our little game we like to play. I guess if you haven't heard the episodes before this, our game is called Score Streak. We each pulled two movies from different movie review websites, and the other two have to guess the score that the critics gave it. And uh, whoever gets closest to the actual critic score gets a point. Uh, Noah, you want to hit us with the scoreboard update? All right, so as of last week's ranking, um, I have five points, Edward has two points, and Anthony has five points. Ah, yeah, it's all coming together. (laughs) Just takes one week to come back. I'm going to get all four points this week. Don't worry. Speak it. I will conjure and manifest it into reality. Existence, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. My, I feel like mine are kind of hard. Thanks well, to doubt. That's what she no, said. So. <laughs> Rip to the office. Oh, F. No. It's been officially removed from Netflix. It's been real. So sad. Right. Anyways, right. Anthony, you're going go first. first. I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> So the first one is on Rotten Tomatoes, all right, and it is The Giver. Oh, The Giver! All right. So what wait, 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 wait! What what year was it again? Two thousand fourteen. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just making sure. It sucks because The Giver is like my favorite book ever, and 
I love yeah, the movie really just because I love the book. And I love the movie because I love the book, but I don't know if it was actually a good movie or not because of how blinded I was by my love for the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's the issue here. <laughs> As a movie, I didn't think it was that great, but I don't know how the critics feel about that. So, um, all right, I think I'm ready. Yeah. No. All right. Three, two, one, go. 68. What did you say, Edward? 52. Uh, Edward was closer. It was 35. Oh, my God. I I figured that it was they didn't like it very much at all. Usually they don't like the audience score. Get this. The audience score is 55. Really? Yeah. Half and half kind of thing. I guess it makes sense. Uh, the the movie wasn't. It was close enough to the book for me to love it, but you know, you know how people be. Edward on the inside's punch in the air. I right. am. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that. I I'm gonna have to rewatch it now just so I can remind myself because it's been a while since I seen it. But I remember at the time I loved it. All right. So the next one is on. I am. Uh, DB Legend. I am Legend. <laughs> it's the boy in the striped pajamas. Oh, that's a good one that you picked. Oh, uh, what is IMDb one to ten? Yeah, and they do decimals, right? Yes, they do do decimals. Okay, I'm ready. Noah, yeah, I'm good. All right, three, two, one, nine, nine point three. No, Edward. <laughs> Nine point three. Ah, uh, Noah was closer. It God was seven point eight. What? what? That surprises I me. Know, I know. Excuse I me. It. I'm gonna be real, Noah. I was gonna say nine point two, and I was like, Nah. I feel like Noah's gonna low ball, so I'll go high. Oh, really? And then we were just like I, a decimal. I thought, yeah, that was I, pretty thought you, I thought you were about to say point two. That's why I like got kind of slow. I was like nine point two. I was about to say it, and then I was like, "Now we're going to go with three. <laughs> That's I so like, funny. I was like, oh, shoot. Either I'm wrong or we, we were pretty off, though, to be fair. Well, all right. all we've learned is that uh, critics are crap. Oh, uh, we have known <laughs> that. We have known that. Who's next? All right. I'll go next. All right. Alright, so this first one is like one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It is uh, The Bench Warmers off Ooh. of Rotten Tomatoes. The Bench Warmers? What year did that come in, Come out in? 2006. Really? Mm. It feels like longer. Interesting. Gus the Bus. I want to say some, but no, I'm not going to say that. Alright. Um, Wait, you saw the bench yeah. warmers, right, Anthony? Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'm Sammy Sprinkler. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. Sixty forty-eight. No, was closer, but not even close. At the oh same God. time, what was it? Thirteen. Oh my! Uh, God. I knew it. I knew they didn't like that movie. They That's don't. Score they don't. Yeah, but the critics—they don't usually like movies like the that. The critics don't—they don't like goofy comedies like that. Like ever. Yeah, they think 
or professional. Dang. All right. Well, this movie was quite uh, shit. What was the audience review? Sixty-five. Yeah, Dang. listen. No, I'm just kidding. I was close <laughs> to that one. All right. This next one is off of Metacritic, which is a uh, one to a hundred. Do they do uh, um, point? No, Decimals? it's one to a hundred. Oh. I would hope not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Um, this one is the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Uh, uh okay. I think I have a good idea. All right. Let me know when y'all are ready. I think I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. Eighty-eight. Ninety-two. Noah was correct. However, uh, Noah, you're going to be disappointed with what Metacritic gave it. Is it 80, 85? I don't know. It's a 71. Really? Uh, Wait, which season? The whole show, as like the show as a whole. It's a 71. Who, how many reviews are in? Uh, 43. 40? Nah, they need to put in more reviews. <laughs> However, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 93. Dang, you should have done know, Rotten Tomatoes. That's how you know your review's awful when Rotten Tomatoes gets it right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Audience uh, score was a 92. As it should have been. Yep. All right. Now I'm, at a, I'm never using Metacritic now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I did it, because I knew it would throw y'all off. Woo! Oh, it's my turn. My bad, my bad. All right, so this week I decided to do a uh, kind of a mafia double feature with. Uh, we're going to start with one of my favorite movies, which is The Godfather, nineteen seventy two's The Godfather. Oh, hell yeah! I pulled I pulled this off of IMDb, so take your guess. One to ten. Yeah, with decimals. All right, I'm ready. Wait, it's I thought it's uh, on what? Rotten to IMDb. Sorry. So there's mm. decimals, one to ten. I'm thinking. Okay, I got mine. All right, what do you got? Three, two, one, go. Nine point one. Nine point one. Anthony, ah, ah, <laughs> I said it first. Uh, wait, can I change it? What do I do in this instance? I say uh, nine point two. Okay. Nine point. Are you sure? Final answer. Yeah. Anthony, you got it right on the dot. Oh, God, I, dang. no. Dang. I hate it. That's two oh points. Yeah, that's, that's two, two points. Bro, I got... Uh, are you saying I shouldn't have let you switch. I shouldn't have yeah, let you I was, do it. Oh, I, was gonna say that, I was going to say that sucks because, like, literally, you could have switched if you wanted. God damn it. Good guy, Edward, insisted. <laughs> dang. Last guy's finished slash should have known that. <laughs> 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 Anthony with the Christian clutch. Now I'm going to go to a more. Uh, well, didn't he just tie you with that? No, no. <laughs> no, he's a point behind. If he gets this one right, no. he ties me. Unless he gets it. Don't worry, right. I won't oh. let it happen. Oh, all right. So this one, it's not more 64. modern, but it's a. Oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's a it's a more recent uh, mafia mob movie, and this is uh, 2019's The Irishman, Netflix. The Irishman, oh, the Irishman. Robert, Robert De Niro. It okay, was really, what is this on? It was a really good movie. It was on Netflix, but no, the, what? what the, are we Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, I'm ready. Wait, 
What was it called again? The Irishman. The Irishman. With Robert De Niro <laughs> and Al Pacino. I knew spell it out for him. That way he can type it in real quick. Right. I know a lot of people like loved this movie. I, I'm i included in that pool. <sighs> it's a really long movie, but it's worth it. I still haven't seen it. But... Ready? I think Ready? I'll go. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Three, two, one, go. 94. Wait. You said 94, Edward. You said 89? Yes, sir. Anthony is correct. It is a 95%. Oh, my God. What if I had gotten two points again? I know. I got. I honestly was started shaking. I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Dang. I, kn- I knew I that everyone loved it. I knew it. Right. I haven't seen I it yet, though. Game. Let me just tally up the points real quick. This game's stupid. <laughs> this game is stupid. Me and Anthony are tied again. <laughs> Bro, I got one point. <laughs> I have eight points. Edward, you got three points now. Anthony, you have eight points as well. So basically, no one's had a lead I lost. ever in this game. <laughs> hey, not well, quite. I mean, we've had a clear loser. <laughs> no, no, not quite. How many do you have, Edward? <laughs> yes, three. Dang. Dude, you could still you could get four the next game, and then you'd be like right behind us. Well, even when I'm within a decimal point off, I still find a way to lose. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. All you right. Said, well, you, you can switch. <laughs> on that very uh, sad, somber note for me, uh, we're going to jump right into the sponsor. All right, everybody. This week we watched Wonder Woman 1984. So this was a long-awaited movie for me. I was really excited. It was directed by Patty Jenkins, produced by Jeff Johns, Gal Gadot, Zack Snyder, and others. Um, it was starring Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva, aka the Cheetah, and Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. All right, summer- time. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaving. We just went through a thing about pronouncing names, and you asked about Jeff Johns, but you said Gal Gadot. That's We're going to have some issues here. What do you say? It's Gal Gadot. Gal, Gal Gadot. Uh, that sounds so weird to me. Continue. All right, Gal- so the summary reads, Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two new foes, Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah. It was just Maxwell Ward. <laughs> yeah, it basically was pretty much. But all right, so we're gonna start it out with a three-word game. So who wants to start? Um, okay, Edward. To start. Yeah, <laughs> you're first. Um, kind of disappointed. <clears throat> really. You know, with all the hype built up and with all the delays and just like the general teasing of the movie, uh, whenever I actually sat down to watch it, it, it didn't leave as big of an impact on me as the first movie or as much as I would have hoped out of a sequel. You know, I know sequels oh, yeah. are very rarely as good or better than the original, but this one just wasn't it didn't feel the feel the same at all. Yeah, like a no, emotional impact, like the I, like the first one. I'd agree with that. I said the the same thing. I mean, obviously, folks, the first movie's way better. Yeah, we're not. But um, I said disappointing, but good because I didn't. I don't think it is as terrible as everybody's saying. Like, I don't know 
what's going on because I still thought it was a solid movie, but it was really disappointing for all the hype that when was built up. I expected better. When I found out the critics gave this a lower score than Aquaman, I was like, ah, oh, crap, because I know Aquaman did decent. And I was like, crap, if it did, if they gave it a lower rating than Aquaman, then it, it'll be decent, but it won't, it won't be as nearly as good as the original. I was hoping it would, it would yeah. be a little more, a yeah. little and bit a, more substitute. And another reason I said that it was like still good, even though, like you said, it was lower than Aquaman and, and like just a ton of reviewers were giving it shit was because I, I did watch it a second time. And for me, I felt like it got better because um, a lot of the questions I saw from different articles, like the questions they were like people were confused about, they answered them. Like I, when I watched it over a second time, like I can go over it later, but they answered some of those questions. I am interested to see if you have answer, if you found answers to some of my questions. Okay. I mean, I, I have my own questions too that there was no answers to, but yeah, we'll go into a pretty deep dive. And this is spoilers, just so y'all know. We didn't so, get Anthony's three words. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Anthony. Um, my three words, um, it was beautiful. <laughs> I really thought, like all the scenes, like the just everything about the movie itself, like not the story, but just like the shots. So they were all just really, really good. I agree with you 99%. Yeah. Okay. I think, it was a uh, very beautiful movie. The hype cinematically from the trailers was there. Cinematically. Yes. Yeah. It's very incredible. Partially. World. I will yeah. say there were a few, a few things that I had quarrels with, but uh, there's only one thing I had with the world. We're just talking about the world, but yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, we're gonna start with three cons, and uh, I want to go last. I volunteer because <laughs> I want to okay. make sure I don't say anything that y'all like are gonna say. Okay. Well. I think I have the least, so I'll probably end up going first. Okay. Um, one of my issues with was a lot of the the CGI in some of the fight scenes felt felt off. Like the the beginning when like that mall fight scene, it it felt so so weird. Uh, especially <laughs> whenever Which she part? like kicked that man and had the guy do like a backflip midair after she like barely tapped him like it didn't feel like she had any like weight behind her hits like it felt like she was like the fight scene choreography in the first scene wasn't as as good as some of the as the rest of the movie what about the way she was running (laughs) yeah exactly that's part of it too like it just it didn't feel it didn't feel as complete as the the predecessor that's one of the things that felt like I feel like they just paid less attention to. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and I did see a I did see a side by side between her running and the Flash CW running, and they were identical. And I was like, "Yep, <laughs> sounds about right." <laughs> yeah, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up because this is where I really noticed the CGI issue was the ah. the the fight, the final fight. Which final, final fight? fight. Or like, which, with which, Cheetah? Which with Cheetah? With Cheetah? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of because her the cheetahs make uh, CGI herself whenever they're stationary or talking looked amazing. Yeah. But when they started fighting, it reminded me of the final fight scene of Black Panther two, where it felt like a video game oh. weightless <laughs> running around punching each other is what it reminded me of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
another part where I felt it was really bad was when she was flying. It was so clearly green screened and just not good at all. Like that has to be some of the worst flying I've seen in a modern superhero movie ever. I felt that too. And yeah, I, I didn't get, notice that. <laughs> I, I get that it was her first time flying, but um, I couldn't help but think like, like it clearly looks like she's using a wire. Like that's how my reaction would be if I was first using a wire. It looked yeah. terrible, especially after seeing how they did Superman flying, how they doing all these other people flying around. And the fact that she looked that bad flying just completely like threw me off. Like she reminded me of like the, the, the old Superman flying yeah. around. I, and, I felt uh, like it just didn't line up at all. Yeah. And uh, this ain't really like an excuse, but I think in the DCEU, at least, we haven't seen someone fly in like broad, broad daylight. Like usually it's We pretty... saw Superman fly in broad daylight in Justice League. And we saw, saw Shazam flying no, in broad but, daylight as Shazam. But, oh, Shazam, huh? I was more thinking Superman because I don't remember seeing Superman like with the like all up in all the way in the air in the clouds and with the blue sky. Oh, and we shot, we saw Shazam doing that, but yeah. they just they didn't match the didn't lighting either. I felt I felt was the issue is the lighting on Gal Gadot didn't match what this yeah. guy looked like. And I do have a funny story because you talk about green screens. So I, I read into this and I actually saw it on my second um, watch through. Apparently, uh, in one of the first film first scenes with barbara there's a green screen reflecting off her glasses no oh, no yeah not the that's really bad. They yeah and i was up the reflection. that's what i'm saying i was like how do you not cover that up especially when you delay it, the movie so much yeah i but, feel like whoever... but to be fair i didn't notice it the first time i didn't either I but like, like i still feel like that's a huge mistake the... Whoever the VFX house that they got to do this movie, if they didn't do the first one and they did this one, I feel like they're not going to get hired on for the third one after their their performance in this one because it wasn't. It I felt like not. it wasn't up to par with the type of budget that they gave this movie. Oh yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. But uh, I think that was well that and the dialogue in this movie was horrendous. Like some of the things they were saying to each other just felt so off and just so bad. It it didn't it didn't fit the this the other movie. Like I felt yeah. a lot of the conversations in this felt forced. They I I don't want to say it was bad acting because I know there are great actors on it, but mm-hmm. the way it was written made it feel like it was bad acting, and I feel like that was due to the due to the script and not not the actors themselves. I don't know if yeah, y'all noticed that too. I can I, agree with I that. Felt... I, I feel like, uh, pers- I feel like Kristen Wiig suffered from it the most. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion, like it, it really watered down her character because I know she can act the part, but people are giving her shit. But I know, like, it wasn't really her fault. Like, she was very minimal, but she also didn't have the greatest writing either. I feel like they threw her in there just for fan service because she really played like no integral role yeah um i'm glad you bring that up because i personally think she felt super wasted like she was just there for that one fight scene like she had i think i think the first act was like her build-up was really good but then once she started like like her intentions to um basically guard max lord it it felt 
like the opposite of what they did in Aquaman when they introduced Black Manta. Which brings me to my next issue. The villain was super underpowered compared to the hero. And that was very, very apparent with the way that they had to write the movie. Because the whole point of the cheetah being there was because Maxwell Lord was so underpowered compared to Wonder Woman. They had to give him some kind of protection detail because he wasn't able to defend himself against her. And it was very apparent throughout the entire movie. That's exactly what Cheetah's entire purpose was, was to be a, a bodyguard for him, which is not Cheetah's character at all. Yeah. It wasn't good narratively. It just, it didn't, it didn't fit well. So at the end, whenever Wonder Woman can't do anything and she's literally held back by wind, you're like, why? This is stupid. It made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and um, oh, that wind dro- drove me insane. That she was held back by that. That I felt like was really stupid. Yeah, and um, bouncing off of both of y'all, um, I know Patty. I read into it because I know. Um, remember at the end how everyone renounced their wish and Cheetah Cheetah was basically back to normal, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reading into that because Patty Jenkins said she has a reason for leaving her like like that, like normal, but it's like, you know, like she had that look in her eye. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Well, but... I figured that they were going to bring her back, like Cheetah back in future stuff. Yeah. But, but what's, what's interesting to me is if it, if the next movie is in present day and Wonder Woman is back in hiding, then is Cheetah just like waiting too? or y'all are like, well, the thing is, Asking is every that... question that I have written down. <laughs> like, y'all have gone through, like, five of my questions. Awesome. The issue is, if this took place in 1984, right? Yeah. Gal Gadot doesn't age. Wonder Woman doesn't age. But Cheetah would okay, age. Wait. So wait, if that's... they go wait, back to the pause? present day, she would be old as balls. <laughs> like, Yeah. Hold on. What? Pause? I think we should get through the the uh, three flaws, and then after that, talk about like the broad stuff. You know, the, the broad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like what we're talking about now. Well, this is a flaw, though. You okay, can add in. Not... You can add in if you have anything about it. it this was my th- this was my third flaw was the wasted villains. Yeah, because oh, wait, unpause. Because to me, Cheetah was like super weak compared to the comics, and now it just seems like they're like I said, it seems like they're trying to pull a Black Manta, where we know that now she's just kind of like she's still young, like into her um, powers, like she, like she's still learning. She's gonna he- learn and heal for the next movie or whatever, but it's just weird. Well, she Not, wasn't. It wasn't done. Right. She wasn't Cheetah fight at the end, was she? She was normal again, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, is she gonna yeah, so, like? Can she turn into the cheetah at will now, or what? I don't think so. But because I, she, like, her wish is like completely like gone now. Like, she doesn't have those powers of Wonder Woman anymore. So, yeah. like, I'm just super and confused. That, that's what confused me is because by the time it gets to present day, how old was she in this movie? Like, even if she was in her twenties. Like thirty years from this, she'll be like fifty years old right, as right. Cheetah. So it just didn't. It like I was like, oh, that's cool. They left her alive, 
and then I thought about it and I was like, why would they leave her as a human though? Right. Because <laughs> if she still had her powers then she wouldn't have aged either. But unless they decide to go her comic power route where after having those powers she goes out and gets cursed the the way she did in the comics instead of just wishing for it. I yeah. wish I wish that <laughs> I wish. I wish that they did it like that. And if like in the beginning they showed her in the forest or something. Right. But I think I think that wraps up my flaws. So majorly was the the dialogue or script writing, the uh the CGI and the fight scenes and the, the villains were super weak. <laughs> yeah. Like they All felt right. wasted. Anthony? Um well, one of my flaws was the same as yours, Edward. Edward, it has to do with Cheetah, that she had like a really good character development in the beginning. Like we saw her, yeah, like kind of grow into the like the mentality of like see her become evil, you know? Yeah. But then she just ended up being the support character, the support villain to Maxwell, and that just seemed like wasted potential. I don't know. I feel like the movie would have been ten times better if it was the other way around and Maxwell Lord was the sub-villain and they had right. Cheetah be the main villain. I feel like that I would agree. have been ten times better of a, of a movie. Yeah, especially with the dynamic they were they were trying to do with uh, Diana and her at the beginning. Yeah, they built up Cheetah a lot more than they did Maxwell. Like I did not give a f- two cares about Maxwell, but I cared about Barbara. Right. I'm the total opposite, and I'll get into that in a little while. Hey. Um, another one of my flaws is also something of Edward, you kind of said. It's just like, I felt like the ending is so just, it, none of it kind of falls into place to me. Um, one, of, one of the things is, like you said, that she'd be like 50 in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and I don't know how it is in the comics, so... I, um, this might not even be a problem, but to me, like, there's so much damage, right? Like, everyone had wished for something, right? Because yeah. his program or whatever went to every screen. Yeah. So, like, everyone in the world, like, re- remembers this and, like, was part of this, right? And there's, like, so much damage everywhere. And then at the end of the movie, it just kind of, like, left it, you know? That's what I was thinking, like... like there's such a catastrophic event in 1984 and like no one remembers it. Right. Right. And no one like talks about it in the future or I guess the modern day. Like that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Or the fact that there were no pictures of anything happening right. because Batman of all people had no clue who it was and you figured that he would have before. Right. And like also, he had to like really research how... and find out who this girl was. Yeah. Did both of the main supervillains get away scot free? Literally nothing happened to them. They both okay. just walked off into the sunset. I think I think Diana thought Cheetah was possibly dead after their fight. Oh, That's so I would assume she thought but... she was dead, but the point is she wasn't. Right. And the, she didn't want to kill her either. So either way you look at it, she let both of them walk away scot free with no repercussions. Yeah, especially Max Lord. That one was. If anything, he benefited still. Like he definitely still has the money. He has his kid now. The, the end. <laughs> the end. Um, another I guess thing was... with the ending. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. So I guess that's why the ending felt cheap because it was literally a happy ending for every single person. Right. <laughs> and I Except thought it was Diana, guess, kind of but, cheesy right. too. I think the cheesiest moment of the whole movie was when Diana was trapped in the corner and she was just kind of talking, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, God, Maxwell that... seems pretty crazy. Like, I did not see how her speech would cause him to like revoke his wish. Like I, she's that doesn't no Captain America, and she's no Optimus Prime, and she's no Batman. She does not need to be delivering those rallying speeches anymore that's, if that's they're written I that. I, I have, I have the, the solution to your problem right here. What is it? They explained it earlier in the film. Whenever um, Chris Pine or whatever steve and diana were in that um room in her house with the armor and he was like what is this armor and blah blah blah. and she was like here i'll show you and then he was like what you think i'm lying and she's like no i can the the lasso doesn't make you tell the truth doesn't just make you tell the truth it makes you see the truth so when she lassoed um max lord he was able to see the truth that's why everybody changed their mind in the world because she showed them all the truth i was the other thing i understood that part but what she was saying, the words that physically came out of her mouth were so cheesy and written so fucking bad. That has to be one of the worst motivational speeches that I've heard come out of a superhero movie. I don't even give a fuck. I, I like it, that. I thought it was, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I just thought it was cheesy. Yeah, it is cheesy. But I thought it was Exactly. <laughs> that was my issue is that they could have found a way to make it not so fucking cheesy. But to and go off have what her you know. inspire. Like I know she's supposed to be this inspiring figure, but I love movies that show and don't tell a little bit more. Yeah. And her just going on, oh come on, guys, you're good. The world is good. Everyone, you're fine the way you are. And have that be the premise of the speech just didn't it didn't resonate with me. Yeah. No, I, I I see where you're coming from with the writing wise, but personally I actually like that scene, that part of the movie. Um Espe- and was, especially upon second viewing. I was gonna say how you said she showed everyone the truth, maybe like the future or something. Yeah. But there would still be people that even when they see what would happen, they still would keep their wish. You know, there's still those people that are greedy and want money or want power, like Maxwell, well, you know? Like, I don't, I don't doubt see that how every everyone, single person. Would I don't doubt wish. that some people kept their wish, but I think the point was she got the vast majority, or at least enough people, to where the world would would go yeah. back to and not shit. And I also think that because even Maxwell renounced his wish, the point was the lasso showed everyone something like deep inside, like um, that would resonate with them, like um, she showed that something bad could happen to his son, or, or like they, she showed his humble beginnings. Like where he came from, kind of, and it, it showed to him that he that like he truly cares about his son more than anything. So like I would assume everybody has some type of something that will draw them back from the wish. Maybe is what I got from that. Um, but it is still very messy. My third flaw is I feel like they used the same antagonist, and this is actually I went to go see it with my cousin. This this is what he said. And it makes a lot of sense. They, like, made the main villain, like, an evil god, you know? 
like last time it was like quite literally an evil god but this time it was like an evil god enchanted this thing and it like made maxwell do what he did you know yeah well that's like literally all of wonder woman's villains are evil gods she's kind of a god herself <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like yeah. saying all of but, Thor's villains are the same because they're all gods when they're clearly like different. I you think, know? like, I think Siri's going to be the next villain. But I think just all in all, it was pr- pretty. Like, it, there were a lot of things that were similar to the ma- last movie. Like, um, what's his name sacrificed him himself again so that she could save the world, you know, like just little stuff like that. I feel like there was a lot that was similar to the first movie. I I guess that's also part of where this movie didn't feel the same to me is because they did do a lot of things similarly, but they did them worse than they did the first time. I was going to say, I think they did like a little bit of things similar, but I did. I thought it was completely different. <laughs> Almost completely different. There was a few things similar. Well, I feel like they had the same idea where they tried to divert you with Cheetah the same way they did with that evil doctor as to where they try to get you to think they're the main villain and then they like throw like a 360 at you and have this ultra powerful god come in out of nowhere and have that be the main big battle at the end. But I feel like they just didn't do it good this time. It was hard to divert us when Max Lord was like 60% 60% of the movie scenes. <laughs> right. Well, so I was Barbara. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did you say, Anthony? I said, what are your three? Okay. Um, my first one is, because a lot of these you already, you already said, but my first one was the pacing. I thought the pacing was horrendous because it would go from like really fast-paced action scene then it would like slow, slow down, like extremely, extremely slow down. And then all of a sudden, boom, right back into an action scene and then slow down again, slow down again. Yeah, that's what happened with the the jet scene when they started flying off. Like it was super tense and then it completely halted everything just to show them flying through fireworks. Yeah. And then immediately jumped right into them fucking just throwing hands and guns blazing again. And I was like, okay. Yeah, no, the pacing was pretty bad. Um, second one is more of a personal preference. Um, they used a device to further the plot. I never, I never like movies that do that. They used a MacGuffin device because without that rock, there's basically no plot. Well, you could say that about literally every single movie ever. Everything needs a reason for it to happen. You just prefer it to not be an object, but I mean technically it's still not even the object because none of it would have happened if those bank robbers at the beginning or the mall robbers didn't rob the jewelry store so it wasn't yeah. the object's fault it was the people that were in play i do think uh, it made it was it more... the people using the object i think it made it more interesting whenever max lord actually became the rock i thought that was more interesting than if they would have just had the rock the whole movie well that's why they had him become the rock not like Dwayne Johnson, but that's that's why they did it. So it wouldn't be a MacGuffin. Yeah, but I still don't. I still didn't like it from the beginning. Anyways, um, let me see here. Which is something you haven't said. 
no, scrolling through his list of 30 items. Right. Actually, this is crazy. You actually got all my points except for this last one. Um, this whole plot was basically just uh, be careful what you wish for kind of thing with uh, quote-unquote like a genie type rock. Right. And uh, I I could kind of resent, res- um, renounce this whole point that I made. I said that like the – but it is still kind of true. The, the wish – the whole like wishes thing was just kind of confusing because like some people – like, it was hard to keep track of everyone that made a wish. Because they say you only get one wish. Yeah, you get one wish, and then once he became the stone, he could choose what he wanted in return. So that's basically how he... Yeah, but even then, he, remember, he was talking to, like, uh, one of his workers, and he was like, well, he was like, what do you wish for? And he was like, um, I wish for something. And then it didn't happen, and he was like, did, I already, did you already wish for something before? And he was like, yeah, I wished for a Porsche. So like he can only he can still only do one wish, even though he can yeah. take, which um, I don't know. And then towards the end, it just got really confusing. Like we already talked about, like how everyone renounced their wish, and now never had one wish. And yeah. uh, people people did say that Cheetah got two wishes, but I disagree. He just took what he just took from everyone and gave it to her. No, he got. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like as one of the no. That still doesn't make sense. She did definitely get two wishes. No, she got because one. Then, and... What would what would he have said? All right, in return of of if I let you do this, uh, you have to turn this woman into a cheetah. Like, no, that's not how. That, in no way does that make any kind of sense. Like, how would you phrase that to where it would make it uh, something you take away from someone? No, because he because he took he he took it away from, I mean obviously this doesn't make as much sense, but he took it away from the public whenever he was broadcasting because he he said um you can wish for anything and then everyone started wishing and then he said and then he turned around and he said I take your health um and your organs or whatever and then he said and I also take your prowess and your whatever and give it to her he said something like that did he really yeah he said I take it from you and I give it to her. Dang. Okay, but how does that turn her into a cheetah? I don't know. the The wordplay that wasn't right. No, he, it makes he, no he said, fucking he said sense. Prowess and shit like that. I don't know exactly what he said, but no, yeah. that d- just makes <laughs> genuinely no fucking sense at all. <laughs> no, I'm telling wasn't you how. I'm telling you how she got the wish. I don't know how that made her a cheetah, but that's how she got the wish. And didn't I mean? Didn't he do that after she was a cheetah? No. Yeah, that was afterwards already, wasn't it? No, she was standing there. It showed her standing there. Uh, with I don't. I don't fucking know, dude. This, that shit, the last fucking, the last 20 minutes of the movie made no fucking sense whatsoever. Last 20 minutes was fucking wild. There are fucking <laughs> nukes getting fucking launched at each other. Fucking... Sir, the nukes are disappearing. <laughs> God, yeah, crazy. Uh... Like, I don't, that whole shit was just stupid. Now we can get into the pros of the movie. Going right yes, back to you, you, Edward. Uh... It was pretty. You're like, I have no pros. Gal Gadot was kind of hot. <laughs> the chick who played Cheetah was kind of hot. Those aren't pros. Anthony was kind of <laughs> hot. Was. Was. Um, I like Pedro Pascal's performance. Every time I heard his voice, I did hear a little bit of Mando going crazy, but uh, his performance was really good. I thought he stole the show. 
I love just he did a he great did, job did, of being really that really over good. the top businessman. Like I, I really enjoyed his character on screen. He was I love character. how I swear, like every single scene, his hair just got just a little bit messed up, so that by the end it was like crazy. Yeah. Um, I her discovering how to make an invisible jet was a pretty sick callback. Yeah. I didn't like the way they did it. Like, just she just randomly was like, "I think I can do it." Boom! That was kind of fucking stupid. But uh, especially whenever later, now that I think about it, she was supposed to be losing her powers since Steve Trevor got back. But somehow, while she was losing her powers, before that, she had only been able to turn a cup invisible, and she somehow was able to turn a jet invisible while losing know. her powers. But this is positives, so. Uh, yeah, the the invisible jet scene was really pretty. <laughs> uh, the movie in general was pretty. Uh, the the fight scene where she started to lose her powers, where she was running down the that was awesome. The, the caravan that was sick as hell. Oh yeah, uh, I really liked the way it made her feel like you forget sometimes because how OP she is, but. Even when she has powers, her skin's not bulletproof. She's a demigod. Like, she's not full-on bulletproof. Like, she needs her wrists and stuff to... Right. To deflect them. But in that moment, it just... It kind of reminded you, like, hey, she's not bulletproof. She's, like... She can still be shot, but usually her reflexes are fast enough to keep her from... Yeah, from having that, that happen. Yeah, and that's when I was like, oh, shit. And I didn't really realize she was losing her powers until, this, like, the next scene. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh... Damn, I realized they really shot her. her. I realized she was losing her powers when she couldn't keep the two trucks from squishing her. Oh yeah. Then I was like, okay, there's she something wrong her. because she should definitely be. She's definitely strong. I realized it whenever she couldn't break the lock early. Oh, oh true. yeah. That's, that's, when I was, that's when I was like, the fuck? Why is she struggling so much? And then later, like, she got shot, and then she was slow, and then she couldn't hang on to her lasso, and then they oh, explained yeah, it, right. and I was like, that makes so yeah. much sense. I thought it was like a magic lock or something. <laughs> I was like, "What the heck?" God, imagine if she just—they just made her weak <laughs> to make her weak. That would fucking suck. Oh, uh, but yeah. sorry. I want to go back to your plane thing really quick, or the visible jet thing, because I saw this question um, in an article, and I thought it was funny. There was how can Steve Trevor fly a modern plane? He was just in. Oh, the I was wondering really wondering that too. And he can just like, like fly, fly any did, plane. I thought he was going to pick like an older plane and he'd be like, dude, this was my dream plane. And instead he got into super big jet. And I was like, how is he going to, how, okay. How does he know? And I was like, screw it. I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, pilot's intuition. Also, um, actually I'll go into it later. Next, next pro. But that's, that's all I had. It was pretty. The, the actors were pretty. Uh, Pedro Pascal was cool, and uh, yeah. Okay, I my my one of my pros was gonna be the same thing of just like how how like just beautiful the shots were, like they yeah. executed it really well. Yeah. Um. Another pro. This isn't like about the movie as a whole, but just like the beginning where she was like as a little kid. I don't know why, but I like loved that whole scene. Like I loved everything about it. I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie, in my opinion. I loved that scene, but I 
didn't like that if you scene had, did if you had cut it out, it wouldn't have mattered. Nothing for the fucking movie. Did nothing for the movie. But that was mattered, one yeah. of my favorite scenes of Wonder Woman like ever. Like I loved that scene so so much. So yeah. it, was it did absolutely nothing for the movie, but it was fucking great. I guess it was supposed to wind up to like how she wouldn't want to give up Steve Trevor because she never fucking wins, I guess, somehow, even though she does. The reason it was that is because that's how they introduced the golden armor. No, no, I I thought it was. They didn't even do that. I thought the whole premise, the only premise I could have come up with for that to make sense was don't take the shortcut in life, which. Maxwell Lord took the shortcut in life, which she took the shortcut in life by trying to bring back Steve Trevor with a wish. Like basically the whole wish thing is a shortcut in life. Yeah. That's what I got from it, but yeah. that's the only thing I could have got from it. That makes sense, but that was a really long winded way of Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's kind of um me stretching a little. The mo- the movie felt long, and it's never good when a movie feels long. It didn't feel never long to good. Me. I enjoyed it. It felt really long to me. I, I thought it felt kinda long too. But to be fair, it was. And to be fair, the, the point, pacing was pretty bad, too. The point, that's what I'm saying, is when a movie feels long, that's when it becomes an issue. I have no problem with sitting through a three, four-hour movie if it doesn't feel long. Like, if it feels like it's continually growing in, in like, pace and stuff, and it's paced right to where it doesn't feel like you're there for three hours, two hours, I'm okay with it. Yeah, but if it's a two-hour movie and it feels like a, a two-hour movie, then that that means there's something wrong with the pacing, or it's not as engaging as as yeah, it exactly. could be. Yeah, like uh, Sorry, the it. point where I was like, "Dang, this movie is long." Was that jet scene where they're flying through fireworks? Because they took a long break there, and I was like, "Is it almost done?" And then I checked, and it was like halfway through, and I was like, "What the hell?" What? I didn't even think it was close to being done <laughs> at that point. I, what are you? It felt super long. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. You, you had one more throw, right? Um. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like the first half of like all the character development and the writing, I thought I just enjoyed it a lot. I really liked it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But ow. what are your three pros? Okay, uh, I'm not counting this as a pro. I just want to say it. I, I like Linda Carter's cameo. That was a pleasant surprise. I was going to talk that about was, that. That was awesome. But did you hear her her name? Uh, Arshia? Ar- 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 I don't know. I don't right. Start that is the warrior that sacrificed herself with the golden armor that went missing. Oh, yeah, I know. And she's so, like hiding kind of. That's crazy. I want to see where they go with that. I brought this up more because does that confirm she's going to be in the Flashpoint movie as rumored? I, that's Ooh. What I thought, but I don't know. That might be true. That would make sense. That actually would make a lot of sense. Actually, that would be a sick way of bringing her into it. That's what because everyone I'm, thought she would come back as Wonder Woman, but it would make sense if, especially with this movie, that she comes back as the old warrior that Gal Gadot would look up to. You know, yeah. that would be sick. Actually. I also thought it was funny how she uh, brought. She said what Wonder, what uh, Wonder Woman said earlier, where she was like, "Oh, I just use moment, moment. It's on the momentum." <laughs> that was she hilarious. Did the poll. That was funny. <laughs> and and uh, this is also just because I forgot to say this when you said it 
Edward about the Invisible Jet, like the callback. I did like the callback to the Invisible Jet. It was a nice subtle call callback, and I also liked um. I didn't like the way they did her flying, but I liked that she took flight because it was in the comics that she took flight. It wasn't like something they just brought out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I did like that. I like I like that, that they had her. That. I like that they had her flying, but I don't like the way that they did it. It looked bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But a lot of people aren't even saying that. They're saying they should have. They're 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 saying that she never should have took flight. Which I disagree with. Uh, I agree that she shouldn't have flown in this movie because it makes plot holes for uh, Justice League and Batman versus Superman where you're like, well, why didn't oh, she just yeah. fucking fly herself? <laughs> 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 She's known how to fly since 1984. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I also think this movie really... Um, <clears throat> It makes it. It made it more satisfying after eighty nineteen eighty four because she like full on went into hiding, and so after, so then when you see her in Batman v Superman again, it's like you understand how she really didn't want to go into um what do you call another it? Into, fight into Big superhero fight mode until it was like end of the world type shit. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Okay, now we can really see. Okay, first off, I love my music. Hans Zimmer did it again. His score was phenomenal. This is probably one of my favorite superhero scores. I totally agree. Although it wasn't very focused on the eighties. There was no, there was maybe one track that was like eighties esque, but other than that, it really wasn't, which it's not a big deal to me, but. Which is what I I actually liked about it. I liked that it, uh, it wasn't because I feel like, 80s now has been super overdone uh the soundtracks and stuff yeah so i'm glad he decided to go with more of like leaning into like an original superhero score than pulling out some like generic 80s movie shit oh yeah no i agree yeah, with I, that. I agree to that just being a little <laughs> nitpicky he only had like one little 80s thing but other than that phenomenal score okay um i did really like steve trevor and diana's chemistry it like picks up right where it left off and uh, it seems like, like I like their whole story arc. I th- feel like Steve Trevor is kind of like the voice of reason. Like he's mm-hmm. he knows this is wrong. He knows that, like she shouldn't be doing this. Like she, he knows she can be better than this. I also really like the emotional scene between them before she had to leave him for the greater good. I, that was one of my favorite scenes. I love how she just like walked away, like that. That I feel like that took a lot, but she yeah. just was like. She, kissed him and then like turned around yeah, yeah. but on the- i really like how she like openly said she's like i'm never selfish and the one time that i i am i can't what the fuck <laughs> i felt that on like an emotional level <laughs> <laughs> i was like damn felt no, that i don't mean to bring like issues into our pro section but it's more of, it's a question why did steve trevor absolutely have to be in someone else's body yeah, I didn't understand that either. But uh No, I mean I I, I kind of get it, but it's just a weird choice decision. Yeah, that was a very weird thing that literally didn't have to didn't have to be there. <laughs> yeah. Because um I was reading cuz apparently even even um Diana she she saw that the the person's body's face. Like like Chris Pine Chris Yeah, that's Pine, how she didn't realize it to begin with. Yeah, but Chris Pine's likeness was literally only for the audience. Like, we're the only ones that could see that it's Chris Pine. That makes no sense. 
everyone else in the movie only saw that person he took over the body he took over right that literally makes zero sense and i was just like okay well then why didn't you just have him come back i mean i guess maybe because like no, it just know. doesn't make sense. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> people people will recognize him, but no, this is like sixty years later. And it's not like the stone hasn't just made stuff appear out of thin air either. Like it's not like it didn't have the ability to make something appear. Yeah. Maybe it did, and that was just their way of saying that it can't like make something crazy out of nowhere. Like Yeah. It's, there was there was a funny point someone made. They said, um, since since Steve Trevor took over another dude's body, does that mean Diana kind of raped that body? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I just thought that was. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I like Steve Trevor, but um, because he kind of he kind of grounded Diana. I liked Diana's character arc, her progression, because it showed that she's still trying to find strength. This whole movie, because once she finally learned that she can be without Steve Trevor, like, she finally let go of the past and him, like, it makes her stronger as a character. Yeah. Which I really like that. And um, that tied into my second. And finally, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I really loved Maxwell Lord. I loved his character arc. I thought he had one of the strongest because like obviously he's not like the smartest guy he's obviously a human being he's not like uh hold on can y'all hear me yeah okay sorry something popped up on my zencaster so i'll make sure it was working (laughs) okay so he's like he's not he's not as smart of a person and he wants to take the easy way out with the stone but um I think it's cool that he is a human. He's not like any other um, villain. He has like villainous intent, um, quote unquote, with all his wishes. But it's like he doesn't seem to see the damage in like of the big picture, like of the whole world, until Diana kind of showed him with his um, that he needs his son and stuff. I get like he wants all this power. Like it's kind of the central idea behind him. He wants power because he grew up with nothing. And he always wants more. He he even said, um, there's always more or whatever. But I like that his son kind of brought him back down to earth. Like I really like he's one of my favorite super villains, or not super villains, just villains in general. Like that might be unpopular, but I really think he's one of my favorite villains in a superhero film. That's crazy. And I really, really thing, like him, but I wouldn't say he's my favorite. The the biggest thing being because he's so different. He doesn't have any powers. That's what I really liked about him. I wouldn't even put him in my like top five, but yeah. I get he was a good villain. For that, DC, he was—he's one of the better DC villains. Yeah, and that being—that um, being said, Pedro Pascual, like we said before, he really sold the character for me too. Like I could watch him over and over. Like that's how good. He, honestly, it might just be more of his performance than anything for me. That really sold it. Are you? Say, did you say Pascual? Pedro Pascual. Uh, I thought you said Pascual. I was like, why did you say that? <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think it was that's hard for me listening to him act and not picturing the Mandalorian doing everything he was. At, at first, it was like the first few scenes, but then after a while, it was like, no, nah, he's doing really good with this character. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, uh, back, to you, back to me. Um, I give it a seven. Okay, mm-hmm. Anthony. 
I'm giving it an eight. Okay. Um, for me, I love Wonder Woman. I'm not gonna sit here and act like this is the greatest movie in the world. I'm gonna give it a six. Dang. That's I'm not gonna. Dang. I'm not gonna go easy on it just because it's a Wonder Woman movie. I'm gonna like, like it is a movie. I'm not gonna go easy just because I love the character and I personally like the movie. Because as a film, I'm, we even we talked about it. There's so many. I might different. Flaws. I might be. I might be with you as well and put it at a six because I would give the original Wonder Woman probably an eight, Aquaman a seven, and this would probably be a six. Yeah, I uh and it it's I was stuck between a six or a seven, but I'm really trying not to be like super biased, so I decided to stick with a six. Especially with all the stuff um, we talked about. I'm right in between, but yeah, I didn't find many positives about it, so I feel like it would be against my character to give it a seven, so I'll just <laughs> stick with the six and be fair. Because okay. I feel like I I'm not fair to a lot of movies if I were to yeah. do that. So however but I, I do yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I do think it is not, like, as freaking homicidal bad and garbage as people are saying. I think people are overreacting. I agree. You said an eight, right, Anthony? Yes, I did. Okay, outro time. Sorry. All righty. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, make sure to follow and review to be notified when we post new content. And while you're at it, if you want to hear us talk about something other than movies or shows, check out our YouTube channel that's linked right down below. And if you want to know what goes on behind the scenes or want an early scoop on future projects, follow our Instagram and Twitter, also linked below. And remember, remember, say hi to your mom. Say hi to your mom for us. Mwah.